Welcome to another episode of Eat Shit and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jared, and with me, as always, is Kat. What? Yeah, hi. And also, Jondi's here, too. Yep, I'm a guest. Yep, Jondi, Jondi's <laughs> our guest. Surprise! Uh, no, it's because Jondi's having surgery tomorrow. Yes. So we're doing a weird thing. Trying something out. <clears throat> Trying something. And you know what? If it screws up and doesn't record correctly, and then Kat and I have to re-record this episode later <laughs> oh, without John D. Oh, that'd be real sad. We'll, we'll just, well, I'll tweet out, rest in peace, John D. No. <laughs> 1942 to 2019. Okay. <laughs> what are we talking about, John D? Do you want to explain this one? Uh, well, so we were at Gen Con last week, and we did lots of things and ate lots of food, and we're going to talk about some of the things that were surprises to us, and... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what this episode's about. Okay, and uh, which one of you wrote, I know what you did last week? Was that you, John D? Yeah, that was me. Okay, well, John D, <laughs> great. Uh, um, <clears throat> so this just says discussion topics not in any order, so Lyle, let's just go for it. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I guess we should first, we should do the um, our top Gen Con picks. Uh, we kind of covered that last episode about what we were excited about, but Kat didn't have any input on that. That's so. Right. Uh, I guess we should start with her and then Johnny and I can do a quick recap of what, not everything that we were excited about, because we want you to listen to that episode, but like, you know, to let people know for sure whether or not I got the Dinosaur Island broken token thing, which by the way, I did. Spoilers. You did. Pretty sure that's the first thing you went and got. It wasn't the first thing, but. It was the first day. The first trip of the first day. Yeah. But it wasn't the very first thing. It wasn't. Okay. It wasn't the very okay. first thing. Well, anyway, Kat, what, what, what were you excited about? I mean, I know, but... <laughs> so a lot of the picks that I had were demos, which wasn't great for me um, because I couldn't buy any fun stuff. Um, but one of the things that I was the most excited about and then I actually got to demo and loved um, was Aftermath by Plat Hat Games. Yeah. It is a... I think it's called like a storybook game. Uh So the board is a book um, and you have different scenarios that you can play through. But your mice, after all the humans mysteriously disappeared, um, kind of apocalyptic setting. So is Um, it set in the same universe as mice versus... um, uh, Oh, wow. What what am I trying to say? Mice and mystics. Mice and mystics, not Um, mice versus anything. I was told no by the guy that was demoing it. Um, and I was told that while the pieces for Mice and Mystics are very similar to the Mm. pieces for Aftermath, that because they use different mechanics, the cards and actual characters are not switch-outable, which made me a little bit sad, but I'm sure we could figure out a way to make that happen house If we really wanted to. Um, Because Mice and Mystics is one of my absolute favorite games. You know, I still haven't ever played Mice and Mystics. Oh my gosh. Well, Johnny. Do. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> right? I we know that needs to change. Two copies. Jared, of course, has all the expansions. Yeah. And I just have the base. Um, but side note, I played my Mystics with my not gamer friends of work people, um, and they absolutely loved it. And we played it like every other Friday for like six months. Um, it's a great game. So Aftermath is... I think going to be just as good as Mice and Mystics um, with a different setting. Um, You can keep your story for your character going. So they actually have boxes that you can put the cards that you've earned and your character and stats and stuff in it, put it away, 
bring it back out, use those same characters for different scenarios, which I thought was really cool if you want to make it like a legacy game, mm-hmm. or you don't have to. You can pick up any scenario. Um, so that was by far what I was the most excited about and really happy that I got to play. And then other demo-y things. So would you say Aftermath is probably your like Gen Con 2019 pick of the year? For sure. For sure, 100%. Okay. Um, yeah. Loved it. Awesome. I mean, it looked cool. I didn't play it. I, I stood yeah. kind of near. You did stay. Well, yeah, you came in and out. Yeah. But um, the people that I played it with were not uh, super gamey people, it seemed like. They were a little confused by it, but they picked it up pretty quick. So it makes me feel like, similar to Mice and Mystics, mm. anybody could mm-hmm. really pick it up and learn how to play it pretty easily. So. And that was the one that had uh, the square bases, the circle bases. The yes. Sp- the, so you could tell which enemy you were attacking. Yes, which I thought was really cool. So the figures looked different, but they were the same statistics on the cards. Um, but the bases had different shapes. So you could say, I'm attacking the circle one, and we would all know what you were talking about, versus like, oh, I'm going to attack that one that I can see. No, no, the one to the right, like, issues. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I thought that was a really neat uh, mechanic of it. It solves an issue that you have with Dungeons and Dragons and, yep. and those types of games where you're like, I, I attack the skeleton that's in front of me. There's three of them. Which one do you want? I don't know. Which right. one did you hit before? Right. This way you can just go, uh, I want to attack the triangle one because you attack the triangle one. It's almost dead. Let's right. team up on the triangle skeleton. Yeah. and some Although of the they're s- not skeletons, I guess. Right. Uh, some of the stuff has like line of sight, which helps to, to see like which ones you actually have line of sight for because you can line of sight to the base, which I thought was interesting. But hmm. Okay, cool. And I know a lot of your other stuff was just uh, other demos. Yeah. Or stuff that I was excited about and then got there and saw it and went, eh, I don't know that this is for me. Okay. What about you, Jared? What's your pick of the year? Um, Well, if you listen to our last episode, you Mm -hmm. maybe know that uh, the Dinosaur Island. (laughs) So. It's not a game. It's not a game. But we spent several hours looking at what games were coming out, doing some research on what was going to debut at Gen Con. And honestly, a lot of it, I was like, well, that was on Kickstarter last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it then. I don't want it now. <sighs> I don't know. Did that change at all? I mean, when you got to Gen Con, did that change at all? Did you find something that you decided, wow, this is really cool? And um, well. well, you know, actually, Mega City Oceana was not on our radar at all. Like, I saw that it was coming out. Um, Jordan Draper is one of the designers, and he does a lot of games that I'm familiar with. And, and, and you know, honestly, I... I I kind of just impulse bought it because we were in the Asmodee line and I was like, oh, they only have like a few copies left. And I asked someone like, hey, you only have a few copies left. Is, is there, are you going to have more later in the week or is this it? And they were like, oh no, that's, that's it. That's all we've got. So I bought it and we, we actually played it last night yeah. and it was, it was really fun. It was great. It's like a city building dexterity game. Like, um, you draw tiles out of a bag to build these cities and then once you've built them you have to push them with your hand on the table to join them to the rest of the city and if you knock anything over uh oh interesting we have pictures of it that we can post yeah. when this yeah, episode goes out so you can see Twitter. what we're talking about johnny i think you would like it but you'll have to wait until after your surgery to play it mm-hmm. well i mean yeah because you'll be a you'll be all messed up because they're cutting off your legs <laughs> yeah yeah it's not what they're doing. No. I'll have to learn to walk all over again. I mean, it's, it's going to be rough. Um, but yeah, I, I was not prepared to buy that game. And then we saw it being demoed. We saw it. Well, I did. Cat's making a face at me. I saw it being demoed. I saw it in the in the little glass case set up. 
I saw the box. I looked at it and I was like, eh, this seems cool. And then uh, one of our friends, Troy, who's been involved with the with the show before, said that he had demoed it and loved it. And it seemed like exactly the kind of game that I would like. So I was like, OK, well, I'm in this line. I don't want to ever get back in this line. <laughs> I guess I'll get it. And we got it. And yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Is that is that a cat at your house or at yes, my house? Yes, it's here. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's my kitty that really wants to come in and join us because I'm not usually also in the room while Jared records. So he's very confused why mm-hmm. both of us are trapped away <laughs> behind a door. He's upset, but he'll be okay. Yeah, he sounds... I was, I was like, is that my cat? Because no, I have the door open. I think okay. it's Kyo, actually. Is it Kyo? It might be Kyo. I don't know. I've got <laughs> two sets of headphones on, so... Well, okay, so Johnny, you yeah. spent most of the time... Not in the dealer's room. Exploring yeah, but I still, the, the, the I still underbelly. have a Gen Con pick. I still have oh, a Gen yes. Con pick, though. Yes. I mean, we already talked about it, so there's no point talking about it a lot. But I honestly think, like, to me, the the runaway hit of Gen Con this year was uh, Team 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For me. And uh, uh, Super Secret, we're going to have some Super Secret project about Team 3 coming yeah. soon. Really excited. Yes, Johnny cool just has game. to recover first. Yeah, give me a couple weeks. Yeah. But uh, it's a really cool game, and I, I saw so many people buying it, and I know they ran out of it at the booth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they didn't have very many copies. Yeah, so I feel like it was definitely kind of the run a one of the runaway hits yeah. of Gen Con. Yeah, I think it would be so. fair also to say that Asmo Day had some uh, a very successful release of Black Angel. Yeah. They sold out of that. Smirk and Dagger also had a really good uh, release of Shobu. Yeah, Shobu. Yeah. I got Shobu. I loved it. It's, it's really cool. I played that. Everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, I know there were some other some other uh, other companies had some very successful games, but but I think that Black Angel might have been every single person that I talked to on the first two days that was in line at the Asmo Day booth mm-hmm. at Open was there to get Black Angel. Yeah, which they ran out of. Very quickly. Like, every single person was either there for a Game of Thrones something game. I don't know. I didn't ask further questions about that. Um, or for Black Angel. Good job, Asmodee. I ended up getting a copy of uh, Black Angel. Sure did. So I assume it'll be something we'll all get to play at some point. You will get to play it, yes. I don't know that we'll do anything with it for the podcast, but you will get to play it. Cool. And, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll talk about it on one of the episodes. You never know. Okay, John, do you, you, as I was trying to make a joke, you were in the seedy underbelly of Gen Con for most of the sure, convention? Sure, if that's what you want to call it. Spent? If that's what you want to call it, yes. So <laughs> I spent... Uh, several hours a day from 7.30 in the morning until 2.30 in the afternoon in the first exposure playtest hall. And it turned out to be extremely different than what I expected. The way that it's set up, like, it's it's a pre-register thing. The designers have to pre-register. They pay, like, I think it's like $300 and they get four two-hour slots. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the number that I was and told badges. as well. Yes, and those badges. And Yeah, it. and two badges. In my head, I was picturing these poor designers sitting there with nobody to play their games. That's what I pictured because I was like, who goes to Gen Con and play test games? Yeah, that was not my experience when I walked into that room. It was packed. Yeah, so I was busy. completely blown away by this really cool thing that I didn't know that much about before because every single... Uh, session. Every single two-hour session was sold out for the whole weekend, and there were standbys in in for every single session. Mm. Um, so I think I might have some insight into the psychology of that. Yeah. Okay. So if you go to Gen Con 
you are there most likely to get your hands on the latest games. Okay. The hottest, newest games. But for a small subset of people, that's not enough. They need to play these games before anyone else. They need to to be able to say, oh, that game that you're in line for? Yeah, I played that two years ago. I was one of the playtesters. Now, I don't know that that's really what people are thinking, but, you know, whatever. I don't know. I like Gen Con because I get to find out about new games. Yes. So I was really interested in the playtest hall just because I get to find out about new games and yeah. see what's out. Not necessarily to say... Oh, I played that before yeah, you. Not in the braggy right. way. Right. But. but just to be like, ooh, I'm now excited about this. Because um, it's really hard for me to look at a box and see if I'm going to like a game. Right. Yeah. Like, I was pleasantly surprised at, uh, it, you know, the tickets were free. So there were always, like, no shows of people that got tickets. But right. every yeah. single session, there were people in every single seat. So... Um, if there were, that's great. yeah, if there were spots open that we went out in the hallway and solicited people in and filled yes. every single seat. I saw you doing that to yeah. badgering people to come demo a game. I guess not badgering, <laughs> yeah. but like letting people know it's just there. Hollering. I think a lot of yeah. people didn't know. It yeah, was yeah. Do you want to play a game that isn't out yet and won't be out for a few years and you can have, you can be one of the first people to play it and give your feedback yeah. and have your feedback actually maybe shape the future of this game. Right. right. And I didn't expect there to be role-playing games in there. And there were oh, role-playing oh, games in just about every session. And those were the ones that, like, filled up first. Hmm. Because there were less of them. It was it was, it was was cool, though, because I've been to a convention called Metatopia that's all, like... Yes. It's all, like, prototypes. And a huge subset of it is role-playing games. Because, you know, those have to be play-tested, too. A lot, yeah. So... Uh, that was something that I thought was really cool. I only played in one uh, of the play tests over the weekend because mostly I was filling seats. <laughs> right. But uh, are you allowed to talk about that game? He didn't say I couldn't. So okay. Uh, it was called Avarice, and okay. uh, I ended up playing. So you're in, doing things to be greedy. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a trick taking game, and okay. so he had to have four players, and it was in the most it was in of the most difficult to fill. Um, time, which was Sunday at noon. Oh, um, yeah. That was probably the most... Yeah, that's, that's when people are going to Gen Con Church. Yes. <laughs> and, and well, it's like family day. But for real, though, there is... Like, I said that as a joke, but there really is like a mass service. There is. Yes. At Gen at Con. Gen. There is, but it's also family day, and it's the last day the that. show's open, and the, the noon slot was the hardest one to fill. And the only spot that we couldn't fill was one spot at the trick-taking game table. And with it being a trick-taking game, he had to have yeah. four players. So okay. I sat down and played, and I like trick-taking games. So yes, you do. it was a good one for me to be a part of. And it, it was a pretty decent game. Like, I had we, we had feedback for him, but I honestly felt like this was a game that is, like, 80% ready to, to be published, which okay. is pretty far so, along. yeah. That's that's pretty close. I mean, that's I would say at eighty percent, you can start maybe approaching some publishers and seeing yeah. what kind of feedback yeah. you get on that. I think he's planning so on good. self-publishing. Um, okay. But honestly, I think that trick-taking games is going to be the next really big thing with publishers. The way that I'm seeing things happen with publishers and what I know is coming up with some publishers, and I know I'm making a face, John. I, I, I know you can't see it. I, but. I knew you were, but I really think that once the roll and write craze like dies down a little bit, I think trick-taking games is going to be the next big thing. So I think a lot of new players will get into trick-taking games, and those that already don't mm. like them are probably going to be like. Well, going to be able to save some money. Well, yeah. I don't know. I, and, and again, we talked about this 
during the firefighting episode when we were talking about trick-taking games. They're just not for me. I'm not a fan of them. I don't feel like I can control any of my own actions. It's just kind of like all reactionary to what other players have done. And I I realize there is a lot of strategy in trick-taking games, but to me it just feels like I'm just on a boat in the ocean without an engine or any way to power it, and I'm just being tossed around. That's fair. But... In the first exposure playtest hall, um, there were a lot of like some of the most popular games. Like I don't know what how the play how they played because I wasn't, I didn't play them. But some, there was one that was competitive cow milking. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I'm interested. I know, right? I like like I said, I don't know anything about it, but I was intrigued just because it was competitive cow milking. Well, you know, I mean, I'm all about weird themes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Me too. Another one, and Jared, I, I'm sure you'll make a face about this one. There was one about dogs marking their territory. Yep. There's the face. <laughs> I can confirm. <laughs> um, but that one was really popular because it was weird and funny. Um, mm-hmm. Like the con- for some people. Yeah, like the concept was like you're a dog sitter and. The dogs. And you just love ruining other people's yards get, and not cleaning up after sure. the dogs. That it, Look, real talk, guys. If you can't be bothered, if you're too lazy to pick up your dog's crap off the sidewalk in it's front of my house. It's not about dog you poop. You do not need to own a dog. The game wasn't around, about dog poop. Dogs don't poop to mark their territory. It was about dogs peeing on things. Again, John D., if you're too lazy. If you you're to too scrub lazy, scrub your dog pee off of what they pee on. <laughs> okay, so uh, okay. Sure. Well, I'm sure that's interesting for someone. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, there was a Stargate um, role playing game. Yes, you had mentioned something about that. So uh, I don't know if this is something where they're gonna later try to acquire the license, or if it's just. Oh, that be... means it's never coming out. Yeah, so I don't know. Like, I don't know if these people have already been working because I didn't. I didn't get a chance to talk to them, so I don't sure. know what the deal was with that. But um, okay. it was also a very popular RPG that people wanted to play in. So I mean, it, here's the here's the thing: if they are trying to develop this game and then pitch it to MGM, that's the backwards way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. I think. MGM would probably at this point need to see something. Sure. My my hope is that they either already have talked with MGM or that it's a good enough game that it doesn't have to have the SG-1 or the Stargate license and that right. if they don't get right. it... It could just be some other alien transport device and then everybody, you know, winks. But right. when we buy it and play it at home, we change the... It's not a Stargate. It's a space a fence. I, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you know, whatever. But functionally, right. you swap out a verb and you have the Stargate RPG. Yeah, but... Like, uh, oh, it's all the same Stargate weapons. Like, it's a Zatnikatel, but they don't call it that. They call it the, the quad blaster. Like, okay, guys, <laughs> come on. Yeah, but but overall, I, I think that the playtest hall was amazing. It runs until midnight every night, so I think it's something that I want to try to at least attend one session next yeah. year because it was really cool. So maybe as a group, we can go sign up to do a session for next year. Yeah, yeah that'd be fun. That'd be cool. Okay, well, the next thing, and I know it says not in any order, but so far we're going in order, so let's just keep going in order. <laughs> sure. Uh, there was a lot of buzz about this in the days preceding Gen Con and during Gen Con. Yes. Funkoverse strategy board game. Yep. Using Funko Pops. Now, we very briefly, for like 20 minutes, talked about this. <laughs> well, talked about <laughs> the licenses that they had. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
We played it. Kat and I played it. Yes. Um, with someone. I did. I played it that, as well. Oh, you you, you played it. Yes. Did, when you played it, did the person that you were playing it with um, have have some problems with the concept of board games? Insofar as maybe it was the first board game they've ever seen. Uh, I don't think it was. No. I don't think it was bad. that bad. No. But no. she had definitely never played that kind of game. Yeah. So we we demoed it. The person that was supposed to be teaching it didn't do the greatest job. I mean, I picked up on it because I've played a lot of games like this. And he had three tables. Yes. To be fair to him, he was very busy. But the lady that was playing it with us um, didn't quite ga- uh, grasp all the concepts. And I kept having to like tell her, you know, like, hey, uh, that's not that's not how this is supposed to work. That's not what the guy said. So he'd, he'd get but called over. But it was over. a really easy game. It was. Like, it was. But eventually I just gave up. <laughs> and we were playing on an easy scenario in a yes. smaller yeah. room. I just stopped calling her on everything and let her cheat. She was right. like double okay. moving. And it, it doesn't matter. At that point, I had learned what I needed to learn about the game, that I would enjoy it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we so we bought some. Yeah. bought some. I know you did too. I felt like... I, what I've been telling people about it when they ask me about it is that it was surprisingly not crappy. It's very Crossmaster. I didn't play a lot of Crossmaster, so I can't really make that comparison. I just, okay. I, I went in with really low expectations. Yeah. I I was not expecting a game that I thought I would play. I was like, oh, I'm just playing this so I can buy the Golden Girls. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. No. And but it's, it seemed really good. I left. Yeah, I left. I tried to buy three sets. Mm. Like. My friend Max was going to buy one of the two sets for me because the, the two person sets. And I was buying two of them because people were limited to right. uh, one four set and two two sets. Yes. Right. Which is what we ended um, up getting. Yeah. I bought two two sets and I wanted three of them, but they were out of that one for the day. Mm. So I didn't get it. But I am told that you can pre-order it with GameStop. Yes, they will be available at GameStop stores. And uh, Target. Hot Topic. Topic, Target. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, We very briefly talked to, I think it was the marketing manager. Yes. Um, She didn't really identify what her role in the position or the, wow, in the company was. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But I think it was the marketing manager because she had a bunch of marketing papers. Uh Uh-huh. She was asking us kind of how, what we thought about the game. Uh, She asked if we would describe it as... Catan, and we no. said, not she, she at all. She, yeah, she what like, are you talking would about? You say it's like a light strategy game. Probably like never played a board game. Uh, uh, yeah, I was like, no, um, I wouldn't say that at no, all. No, we would say Crossmaster. Um, but but she said that there would be retailer exclusive sets, yes. which is not what I wanted to hear. No, but Me it makes sense with Funko. Yeah. Um, I don't want to have to fight someone for that a, Funko was going to do that because yeah. they do that. Oh, well, this Harry Potter set is only going to be available at box lunch and you have to line up at 6 a.m. To, to get a copy. Oh, did you get one with a chase? Like I will uh, not guys. do that. Yeah. Like no, I like I the game either. and I'm going to be purchasing the stuff that I did not get at Gen Con. My husband's excited about it now oh, as well. We're not getting the Batman stuff at all. No. It just didn't. Like, See, that's I like what I Batman want. as a concept, but it didn't... The Batman stuff is what I wanted. I wanted... We got the Harry Potter We got the sets. Harry Potter, we got the Golden Girls, and we yeah. got the Rick and Morty. See, Martin I don't like yeah. Harry Potter. Like, I don't like Harry Potter oh, okay, much. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't dislike it, but it just doesn't excite yeah. me. But my husband does, so we'll end up getting Harry Potter. Yeah. I think with the concept of the game, the Batman stuff seems silly. And I don't I know that it. I can describe hmm. why... I really but, wanted the uh, Robin and Catwoman set oh, and yeah, couldn't okay. get it. So I got the Batman and Joker set. Mm, okay. Oh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. That was the big set. I got Golden Girls and Rick and Morty. And we all okay. know I hate Rick and Morty, but yeah, my husband, husband was like, yeah. yes, he was like, please get that one. Yeah, yes. I also so, hate Rick and Morty, but I knew Jared would buy it. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So um, those are the two I have now. 
and we can play with those. Yeah. And yeah, you uh, can mix and match them, which um, yeah. there was a little bit of confusion about that. Yeah. One person at the Funko booth proper, like their booth in the exhibitor hall, led me to believe that you could not. Correct. Uh, but, you absolutely can. But yes, but you can. You can. Yeah. You absolutely can. But to be fair, they were just like a Funko salesperson. Like right. their job was to sell stuff at the booth. It wasn't, they didn't know anything about the game. The guy that demoed it for us, like, was really knowledgeable. And he was like, he told us that he had already tried, tried to play it, like teaming up Batman with the Golden Girls. And oh, yeah. He said it was hilarious to have Batman use the cheesecake as a yeah, weapon. And that's that's the thing that I didn't know ahead of time. All of the figures can hold items. Like, they have holes in their hands so you can hold the items. So if you want to give uh, the, the cheesecake from Golden Girls to Batman, you can. Totally. You can just f- f- fit it right in there. Or, like, the Rick and Morty portal gun. Give it to one of the Golden Girls. Sure, that's stupid. But you can. But it's fun. Like yeah. it's it's dumb fun. Uh, I actually I I liked the game. I, I, like I wouldn't say it's going to be like my favoriteest game top oh, ten. Right. But I'm a hundred percent. I hundred percent see myself playing this. Absolutely. Yeah, I kind of want to play it and, right now. Yeah, kind of do too. I know I do too. Now <laughs> going to get this out and play. <laughs> I want to try some of the other scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Because the so. one that we played, we played the Harry Potter one. It was basically capture the flag. Yes. Um, yeah, we we played capture the pl- flag with uh, Batman characters. Okay. But yeah, at a certain point, I was just like, sure, you want to move through the wall? Whatever. I've already told you three times you can't do that. But at this point, I know how to play the game. I want to buy the game and play it at home. But I will also say there was three of us demoing it. So I was uh, Ron. This other woman was Harry Potter. And then Jared was both. I was um, Voldemort. And, and Malfoy. Ma- yeah. So I like that you can do three players like that, and it didn't seem weirdly balanced. Yeah. It didn't seem yeah. odd or wrong to do. And it was he said nice. when you play, he said when you play two player, if you're playing with even just like one of the sets, that like there's a, a like a minion type um, character in each of the like in the sets. Um, oh, like you... Dr- yeah, Draco had um, he could make snakes. Draco yeah, had a spell like, that he could cast snakes. Well, and there's there's like a just rando type like character that you can put in on each team so that so that it uh, two players can just play one figure each if you want okay oh um, so i thought that was interesting I, th- I feel like there's a lot of potential with this game yes. and i'm really yes. excited to see where it goes um yeah. i agreed could not get a straight answer but i'm led to believe that there will not be star wars sets because of their licensing agreement with asmodee and hasbro right but, i was also led to believe of that but again this wasn't them saying absolutely not. We can't do that because of the license agreement. It was more of like, well, we'll have to see. But the way they said it led me to believe that no, it will not be happening. But yeah. contracts can change. Yeah, I suspect for now that would be a, an iffy contract to negotiate yes. because of yes. uh, fantasy flight. Yes, but I would not be surprised if one does come out. I won't. I won't be angry that I was lied to. Like, oh, they resolved whatever contract issue they may have had. Cool, I can. Luke Skywalker and fight the Golden Girls. Yeah. I'm going to say right now, I'm going to look into my crystal ball and say that Stranger Things yeah, will be I the next one that, that comes out. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Halloween, yeah. I see it coming out. It could be so yeah. easy for them to and do. they have the license. They have the license already. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying it now, Stranger Things. Okay, cool. If that happens, well, I'll end up having to buy it just because my niece would be super into that. Like, she's obsessed mm. with Stranger Things. Um, I think it's an okay show. I like it. So I'd buy it so I could play it with my niece. Cool. Well, I haven't seen it at all, so I <laughs> don't necessarily need to buy it. What is this now? What is this one? 
the next one on yeah. our list. Um, so one of the things I found out that I actually didn't know you could do at Gen Con, which sounds silly, is play that games. there's a library. <laughs> yeah, that you can play games. So you have to get a ticket for it. It's two dollars, and the ticket gives you four hours of playtime. Um, but in Lucas Oil Stadium, like legit on the stadium floor where the Colts whatever play. where the Colts play 50 you yard can line. sit there you can and play the, D&D yeah. um you can go to the 50 yard line and play Dungeons and Dragons yeah just just think about that for a second which I think is really cool I think it's a really cool way to kind of pass the time if it's you have certain events Peyton Manning is just yeah finish that thought. I don't sure. have, I okay don't, I don't have a finish <laughs> I was like so, where are you going with this I don't know um but they have like I think it was like 3,700 different game titles that you can play. And that's a lot. I was like, so they um, rival Jared's collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought that was a really cool way. I mean, if you're there with family, if you get tired of walking around, I wish I had known that I could pay $2 and sit down and play games yeah. and rest my feet for four hours. Just go get a generic ticket. Exactly. So I thought that was really games. cool. Um, I heard a lot of people talking about it this year, and I feel like they've done it in many previous oh, years, sure, but I've never sure. heard anybody talk about it. So I don't know what made this year different, but yeah, it was neat. Well, maybe next year we'll do that and then we can tell you firsthand about it. This yeah. year was the first year in many, many, many years that I went into the uh, event hall as well. And oh. I... We were briefly there. Well, I was at there several times to go visit because Upper Deck doesn't have their own room now. They're in the, the big event hall. So I went in there to, okay. to say hi to my friends at Upper Deck and uh, I went in there for uh, Simon, who is a what? What is his he's, official title? He's the head judge for their no, no, his official title. Oh, he's a uh, high druid. High druid, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess we should explain that very briefly. We already we have, been... but uh, yes, yeah. um, he, he's an ordained episode. minister, and that's his. Out? It's not. His... It's not really his title. It's what right. He it's threw one of the that things out you can there. Sign a, yeah, a he, marriage license he threw that out there, and so we just landed on that, and I think he's stuck with yeah. it forever now. But uh, yeah, so so the event hall is always insanely full, and yeah, there's stuff going twenty four seven. Yeah, well, not seven, I guess, because it's not well, seven days, but like, twenty four until <laughs> until pretty late. And and uh, I was in there for to visit them. I went in there to check out Keyforge. Uh, uh, yeah, not which a fan of that personally. I actually liked it. Um, cool. So I went in there to check out Keyforge, and they had. <laughs> They had a vending machine for key, the Keyforge decks, and I was like, I want, yes. to, I want to buy cards from a from a vending yes, machine. Yes, they did. So I did that, and I kind of like when uh, companies do kind of a weird, different way yeah. to sell their games. Or yeah, I thought it was the, the vending machine was neat. Um, and that then was a really cool I idea. was in there for a, like a couple of other events for various reasons, and uh, I. I, I'd forgotten it's been like six or seven years since I went into that hall, and oh, it's really wow. cool. Like, I forgot that there's so many things going on at Gen Con yeah. that aren't at a booth that I'm working. It's like, wow, did you know there are other booths at Gen Con? <laughs> wow. They have 19,000 different events that you can go to at Gen Con. And yeah. I knew I knew they existed, but I hadn't gone in there and seen them going on, like, exactly. firsthand. And yeah. it's kind of really cool. a giant inflatable, like, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade Pikachu that they suspend from the ceiling. You yep. can fencing. You yeah. can learn how to fence at Gen Con. Yep. Yeah. You can do underwater basket weaving. You can do... So cool. Cooking. There's cooking events and there's yep. craft events. There's, there's so stuff, much. Yeah. yeah. There's, like, so much you can do at Gen Con that people don't even think about uh, that they would be able to go do. So... You know, if you aren't exactly a gamer, but somebody in your family is and they want to go to Gen Con, 
I'm guaranteed that there's probably some events that you would find fun, even if you're not into board games. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, while we're busy talking bad about some stuff, let's <laughs> let's keep that trend up, shall we? Sure. The uh, BGG rebrand. Now, I want to preface this by saying I'm not like losing my mind over this. It's just something that I noticed. Yeah. Um, finally, I walked past the BGG booth like two or three times and did not notice it at all, uh, which I think is okay. a big deal because I usually usually it stands out and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the BGG booth. I need to get promos. I didn't notice it because the rebrand is kind of, in my opinion, kind of it kind of dulls their color scheme. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. So th- this has been a few years in the uh, in the making. Yeah. And the pages for most of the board game uh, entries has already switched over. But yes. this this is now complete. And they have a new I, logo. I, I, yeah, I can't say I love the new logo. Mm-mm. I so I, I understand what good. it's going for. I get I, that I, I the get old. It, yeah. But, like I get that the old logo wasn't great either, but it was very recognizable. Kiddish. It was very yeah. recognizable. The new logo, I don't feel like has the same recognizability. Um, yeah. It's just, to me, when I see it, I just see, like, a red blob. I see generic mountain Mm -hmm. or rock or something like that. Yeah, like, it's just not as memorable. And uh, in the the grand scheme of things, it doesn't change a darn thing for me. I'm still going to use BGG. I still really love that it exists. I still love what they do. And none of that's going to change. I just was not overly impressed with their rebrand. And Yeah, there's 76 pages, nearly... Nearly 2,000 comments on the the BGG forum complaining or maybe not complaining, but discussing it. So, I mean, it's a very, it's a very interesting. Yeah. Like a lot of people are like losing their mind over it. And I think, I think some people are kind of going over, like overreacting. And, you know, in the long time, in the, like, like I said, in the long run. Yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. I just, I'm not overly impressed with it. And it's, it's fine. It's just, uh, it's a strange choice. And I'm sure that they did, you know, a a lot of work on this. They did. And they wanted, they wanted the new, I know they, I was told that they wanted the new logo to be more inclusive. Yeah. So you could see yourself in the logo is what I was told. Uh, It's a silhouette rather than a specific face. So that silhouette could be you. I didn't see a silhouette. I no, saw I a blob. Like, I know what it is. So the old BGG mascot, Ernie, 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 whatever. That it's, it's his face, but as a head-on, face-first silhouette. And it just kind of looks like a random fire. Yeah. <laughs> I saw... It a... looks like the Good Mythical Morning old logo. It does. Mm-hmm. I saw a blocky blob. Like, I don't know. I could see that thing, that shape in an ink blot test. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to get too caught up on no. this. No, no, because it's not. It's not worth like getting like super into. It was just something no. I kind of wanted to mention. It was a surprise to me. I didn't know. I knew they were making changes on the site, but I didn't know they were yep. going full on like change everything about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't know that, so it was a surprise to me. Yeah, they had discussed it a few times, but th- the new logo I had not seen until at Gen Con. I was like, oh, hmm. okay, well, yep. Whatever. I mean, it's not my logo. It's like when Pepsi changed their logo. It didn't affect my life no. at all. No, like you're either going to, it's not something that's going to change whether or not I'm going to use the product, nope. quote unquote. Um, nope, not going to change anything. Nope, not at all. So anyway, uh, that's all I have to say about that. And you know what else doesn't change anything? What? Marvel Champions, the card game. A new living <laughs> card game from the publishers of 
all the other living card games. So it's a Marvel version of like, uh, let's see, the, the the Lord of the Rings card game or the Arkham Horror card game, the Star Wars card game, Netrunner, all those. There's a Marvel one now. Uh, a lot of people that demoed it said that it was more more like Sentinels than any of the other games. Sentinels of the Multiverse. But it's a living card game, so the way those work is you, rather than buying randomized packs, you buy a single pack, and that's the same for everyone. So if you buy a pack and I buy a pack, they're going to be the same things. So that the games are expandable, like traditional board games, but they play more like collectible card games. Um, This is not for me. No, me neither. This is not for me. I love Marvel. I love superheroes. But these kinds of card games are not for me. Right. My first thought when I saw it was, uh-oh, watch out Legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with it being a Marvel, uh, like, LCG style, I was like, you know, Legendary's been basically the corner, cornering that whole Marvel uh, card game market for a while. Yes. So, yes. And Upper ouch. Deck does a good job. I, I personally am not a fan of Legendary. I don't, I don't have fun when I play it, but I know that it is fun for a lot of people. It's very popular and they make a lot of money off of it. Well, maybe they don't make yeah. a lot of money, but they generate a lot of sales. Yeah. So ouch was my first thought. Yeah. Um, you know, I asked them what they thought and they were like, well, you know, we're going to check it out and see if we think it's competition and, you know, deal with it. Yeah. Which is pretty much all you can do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, with Marvel being owned by Disney, what are you going to do? Sue Disney? <laughs> well, and I don't think they had like an, obviously they didn't have like an exclusive contract. Or right. Anything, right. So. But um, I mean, yeah, if, if you go and say, Hey, Disney, we don't like that you did this. It's competition for us. They will say, Oh, okay. We can solve that problem for you. It's competition for you. Not anymore. Cause you don't make this product anymore. Right. I mean, you can't, you can't threaten Disney. <laughs> <laughs> can't mess with the mouse. Yeah. I was, I was surprised um, when they did that. A lot but, of people were surprised. Uh, the living card game thing. It's it's hit or miss with mm-hmm. me, and I'm not that into Marvel, so it's not really going to be scratching any itch for me, I don't think. Well, a lot of people that demoed it said that it was very good. Uh, our, our our friend Troy demoed it, and he seemed to enjoy it, and a, a lot of our other friends also seemed to enjoy it quite a bit. So we'll see. Um, I'm sure that if he gets a copy of it, I'll play it, I'll try it, but I don't think that I will buy this. I, I don't think that I will ever own this game unless I play it and I'm like, whoa, this is the best card game I've ever played. I don't see it happening. So Kat is going to be more involved with some stuff that we're doing going forward. I'm hoping so. Hoping so. Um, and maybe, maybe we have the first thing that she'll be doing. Should we talk about it a little bit? Hint to uh, it? Yeah, let's do it. So I uh, really like role-playing games. I've been playing them for um, probably about 15 years, which certainly is not as long as other people. Um, But my board game group in college um, switched over to Pathfinder right when it came out. So we're big Pathfinder people. Um, Our group, John D and Jared included, have tried Starfinder. Um, But Pathfinder has a second edition now, which is super exciting. Um, It, changes a couple little things here and there. I think it makes it a little bit more streamlined. Um, It takes out some of the 
kind of fiddly bits with some role-playing games as much as possible. Um, but I spoke with their public relations manager um, while we were at Gen Con, and we're hoping to maybe get a copy of Second Edition, um, maybe their starter box, and do some videos of it, potentially, um, so that y'all can see kind of what comes in that starter box, what Second Edition looks like, see if maybe it's for you. But more on that to and come. And they can actually see the ridiculousness that is Jared in a role-playing yes. game? Oh. Trying to break, trying to break a game. To be fair, don't put a hover cart in front of a doorway if you don't want me to try to drive it. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't tell me there's a hover cart full of luggage and I say, are the keys in it? And you say, doesn't say they're not. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's... Jared is quite entertaining in role-playing games, so that's worth watching. Yeah. Don't tell him he can be a rodent-type character and that he can't be the hamster from the Kia commercials. Yeah. Um, they are also doing a, a quote-unquote like soft reboot of the Pathfinder Adventure Card game. It's not a reboot, but it's also not a second edition. Right. I don't know. I was very confused by what he was trying to tell us. Yeah, um, I didn't quite understand that myself. I think he was just saying, hey, do you know we have a card game? <laughs> um, which, yes, Is that we the do. board game, or is that, is that different is from the board game? It is a board game, sort of. So it's it basically distills the essence of Pathfinder into a campaign-driven cardboard game. Right. I may have a copy of their ba- the base game of it. I have a Pathfinder game. It's I probably that. Opened it. Yeah. it probably is that. Okay. It's a good game. It's fun. It, it's fun. I've never, I've never opened my copy, it's but I have it. fun and a lot easier to kind of get your role play fix without right. doing a big, long campaign. Because you don't have to make the character. You right. just pick one of the pre-maids. You take the deck of cards that's associated with it, and then you play, play the a game. card game. <laughs> But yeah, I'm I'm interested in that. Uh, I'd like to see some more information about that, and hopefully we can get some more information about that. Yeah. Well, okay, so that's that's like the end of the the hype train. But as Kat was saying, there were a lot of games that were available to demo. A lot. And a lot of those games are upcoming Kickstarters. They are. So we don't have like Kickstarter links to these these next few games, but they will be coming soon, and we will probably talk about them more when the time comes. So let's just rattle these off pretty quick. Yeah. So the first one I was excited about that I didn't hear anything about before going to Gen Con, which surprises me, is called Arch Ravelry. Um, It's by XYZ Game Labs. Um, Their Kickstarter is coming September 2019. Basically, you are someone who's knitting um, and you're competing to complete more projects that are worth more money than the other knitters. Um, each of the knitters has something they can do, like there's someone that can dye their yarn different colors, so they don't really have to care about what colors of yarn they pick. Um, but it's a like resource collection, collect supplies, crafter patterns. Um, they have different cards where you can throw a cat at somebody who tears up their yarn. <laughs> um, it looked really cute. Um, they said that they are, um, the game will come with, um, containers. Yeah. Game trays is doing uh, game trays for them. is doing containers for them. Um, that the game will come with those. So I thought that was really nice. Cool. Cool. Um, I love the theme. That theme yeah. sounds I love it. Uh, it, the, so cool. The, well, the gameplay reminded me a lot of Scoville. It did. It was very, very Scoville, very Scoville, which is yarn. a good okay. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like Scoville. Um I, I it, it falls into that whole like crafting uh category. I really think there a lot more could be done mm-hmm. in that theme genre. Yeah, there's a lot um, of quilting. Because there was the yeah. 
There's a few. Like Quilt Show comes yeah. to mind. Patchwork. Patchwork. Yeah. So I I am intrigued by yeah. this, and the name makes me yeah. giggle. I, I, I like that name. It was really cool. They, they didn't have a full game like to, to play. It was more of like just here's the components, prototype components. Let me walk you through this scripted mm-hmm. presentation. But it seemed really cool, and I'm pretty excited for it myself. I am now. Yeah. Seemed fun. Um, another Not as one. excited as that. I know. <laughs> Um, another one that um, inside scoop, I also post to Facebook sometimes under each hit and dice. Um, I posted about called Tentacle Town um, by Monster Fight Club. Uh, this is another Kickstarter coming. They said in August, but it may end up being September. Um, so basically, you are fighting off tentacles um, that are attacking your island um, while gathering community members kind of to your side. You're trying to build prestige, basically. Trying to become the mayor. Um, But the tentacles are rubber, and they have holes, so you can have tentacle fingers, which pretty much sold me on the game. (laughs) Um, But it was really pretty. Um, It was... Yeah, the art is very interesting. The art was really interesting. It's cartoony, obviously, because it's Mm -hmm. some tentacles. I would say it's like like cell-shaded, kind of. Like, Like playing... Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Yes. And everything is, the, the colors pop because they have thick outlines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it's a really pretty game to look at. Obviously, there's a bunch of tentacles sticking up on the board, so it's very eye-catching. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it looked really fun. And what I think is interesting is the company that's publishing it, they make terrain for role-playing games. Yeah. And that's what they, they that's do what they scenery. do. And so now they're making a game. That's co- cool. Yeah. Cool. A little Very unusual, cool. but yeah. Okay. That's a fan. Um, let's see the next on our list. Um, I don't know, Jared, do you want to talk about this one? Yeah, actually. So you played it with me. Yes. I found out about this on Twitter. I don't know. Six months ago, there were some prototypes that they, they had posted and I was like, oh my God, this game looks like everything that I would love. <laughs> uh, it's called Calico. It's a puzzle uh, tile placement quilt set game. collection quilt game. Um, so you are trying to make the coziest quilt. You have to collect patches. There's a drafting mechanic uh, where you place the matters because you can, this, the set collection aspect is colors and patterns based on what they're touching. So if you want to attract a cat, it, it, it likes a specific fabric. Sure, whatever. Uh, to put these buttons on, you have to get colors in a row. It's not as simple as it sounds. No. It is very thinky. And I loved everything about that. Me too. So it's Calico from Flat Out Games. Uh, they should be... Kickstarter should be soon. Yeah. Should I was very told soon. August or September... Um, for that one as well. And of course, we'll post about that yes. more. 100%. I want to play it again. Yes, right now. I want to play it again right now. Me too. And then Jondi actually was the more excited about this next one. Iron Forest from Brain Games. I hadn't heard of it. so It's like a follow-up to yeah. Ice Cool. I'm excited. Uh, my first thought when I saw it was, oh my God, Jared needs this. Because of your uh, love for dexterity yes. games. I do like uh, it uses, games. It, it, it still uses that uh, idea of all the different boxes um, being mm-hmm. the game, like Ice Cool does. 
only it's got these different levels like so there's an upper level and a lower level that you're flicking things in and you know i don't know a lot about the game yet but it looks really cool and i am pretty confident that jared's gonna end up with a yeah, copy so the game is played over a set of scenarios to make a campaign and you control like their mechs but they're also kind of like weebles if you guys remember weebles mm-hmm. uh, weebles wobble but they don't fall down yeah that's right so there's the, their mech miniatures but they're balls it, it's very similar to the penguins in <laughs> in ice cool yes um so there's two levels of the game board. Like there's a top and a bottom. Like you have to, you know, whatever. Um, and then it, yeah, like Johnny was saying, it uses the box in box in box in box system that Ice Cool has, where it's just a bunch of boxes that you unbox, and that's the game. Yeah. The artwork looks amazing, and the presentation on the table was pretty cool. They they had a pretty consistent crowd the whole time. They did. Well, yeah. Team 3. And then the other two games of theirs that they had there looked like they were also quite popular. Like, that one was a penguin game and one was like mm. a snow, like a stacking, maybe it was a stacking game. Uh, every time I went by the booth, there were people playing all of their demos. So... Yeah, they they have Snowman Dice, which is one of, their new, one of their new games where you roll dice to make a snowman and you have to, like, stack the dice. But also other players can roll the dice to get... Um, snowballs and flick the snowball cubes to knock over the snowman. Yeah, it looked cute. That sounds fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to get a copy of that at some point. Yeah, it they, was they've cute. got quite a few things going on and I love it. I'm really excited for these new games that they've got coming out. Yeah, Brain Games is kind of on fire. Yeah, you know, they kind of came out of nowhere. They're from Latvia, so, you know, the games might be more well known in Europe, but like outside of Ice Cool, most people don't know any of their other games. So hopefully that'll change. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that I could see that changing because uh, they were kind of on fire at Gen Con. Yeah. So sometimes food. We talk about sometimes food. Yes. I'm going to complain about something real quick. Ugh. It's not a complaint. It's not a complaint. <laughs> it's a comment. Um, so Hotbox Pizza has uh, a pizza contract with Gen Con yeah. to be the official pizza of Gen Con. And this year's pizza was Tater Quest. Ranch sauce, red onions, bacon bits, tater tots it was uh, it was only okay it sounds really good to me it would have been better had it been warm and had the ranch sauce been tasteable yeah i don't know the word for that yeah had ranch sauce on it it just tasted like cheese pizza to me with tater tots on it and the tater tots were not seasoned at all it was just a cheese pizza with potatoes Mm. so was disappointment yeah yeah we could have walked to the actual hot box restaurant itself and probably got a, a fresh one. It probably would have been a lot better. But yeah. the one that we got at the food trucks was not, it wasn't gross. It no, wasn't bad. It I was didn't hate it, good, but I was, but I was like, great. well, it wasn't what I wanted it to be, but right. I have food. So whatever. Oh, that's a bummer though. Cause I, yeah. food is kind of a big thing for me at Gen Con. I know it's not for everybody, but for me, it's like, Hey, I'm at this show and there's all these right, cool, right. there's all this food that I can eat that I can't eat when I'm at home. So, yeah, like Joella's chicken from Louisville, Kentucky. They there drove, for some reason. Uh, uh, the the guy joked and said, "Oh, we we followed you up," and I was like, "Okay, well, you didn't, but okay, you kind of did." <laughs> yeah, I'm under the impression that, that more and more food trucks are kind of jumping on that go to Gen Con bandwagon because yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Why I mean, it's like you? a two hour drive. Well, it's exactly, and they can make 
a bunch of money. Well, for them, like, I think more and more, like, from all over the place are, because that, you know, they're all pretty much guaranteed to do well, mm-hmm. parked in one spot for four days. Captive audience. Right. Yeah. So I admittedly still haven't spent very much time in the food truck area because I generally want to go somewhere where I can sit down and somebody's going to bring me a food. Oh, sure. Uh, but I'm always amazed at the amount of of variety mm-hmm. that is offered there. Yes. And maybe one of these years I will partake more in it. Yeah. There's a pierogi truck. Yeah. There's a Korean barbecue truck. Yeah. There's a cupcake truck. Oh, the cupcake truck was cool. Yeah. That's here. Here's your segue. <laughs> so flying cupcakes uh, that are located in one of the little suburbs of Indianapolis, I believe they had a truck and they themed all of their cupcakes to, you know, things that Gen Con people would be into. Although apparently looking at their Facebook page, they do lots of themed cupcakes. Mm, they're, yeah. They're from Greenwood. I think that's part of their thing is themed different cupcakes. Yeah. So they had uh, like a zombie one is the one that I tasted. A friend of mine had the zombie one. So I got to try that and it was really good. It was like three bites was plenty for me because they're very, very, very rich. But uh, everybody I knew was talking about the Mike Pence cupcake because it was rainbow. And rainbow (laughs) sprinkles and rainbow icing. Yes, and if you're not from Indiana, Mike Pence was the governor and he famously tried to... He he tried to uh, pass some very... um, unfriendly laws. Well, he did pass. Well, he passed them, but then they were immediately repealed. He did some laws. So, yeah. But anyway, um, to avoid getting into politics. Yeah, I don't want to get too much into it. If you're interested, you can Google it. Yeah. I think everybody that, like, on both sides of the aisle that I talked to all got a giggle out of that, though, because it was funny. And I'm told that their cupcakes, all the flavors were delicious. Yeah, I had a cookie dough cupcake. Um, that had like a dragon egg on top. Uh, I could have done without. Um, but it was actually tasted like chocolate chip cookie dough that you hadn't cooked yet. I mean, obviously it was cooked. Yum. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting. It was good. It was sweet. Um, absolutely. Super, super sweet. Um, but really good. Yeah. And they were all very pretty. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, so if you live, if you live or are visiting the Indianapolis area and you want a really good cupcake, Check out Flying Cupcakes in Greenwood. Yeah. Or try them at Gen Con next year. Yeah. I know you all um, are Weber Grill fans. I didn't get to go this year because I came up later. Um, but that's always a staple, too. Mm-hmm. I went twice this year, <laughs> and I didn't have steak either time. <laughs> so I did discover. Did they give you floss with your check? Their, uh, their meatloaf and their brisket, I have now learned, are both really good. Ooh. Uh, I mean, I just get a steak because it's a steak restaurant, but like, sure. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah, don't want to wanna... Max got a meatloaf and that, he said it was good. Yeah. I tried the meatloaf, uh, the second time I went mm. and it was, it was very, very good. So if you go to a Weber grill and you don't want to spend the money on a steak, there are other options that are just as good. Well, there you go. I got my annual Ram, uh, peanut butter, mm-hmm. uh, Burger. Uh, Peanut butter, jalapeno, some kind of spicy mayo. I don't remember what all is on it. I always get get it without the jalapeno Mm -hmm. because I don't like spicy things. But I love the the burger. And we all ended up going. We went to a party 
for a game, a guar game. Yeah, we we uh, saw yeah, that. I heard yeah. about that. So for people listening that aren't familiar with guar, they're kind of a hardcore metal band that wears like these crazy over the top monster costumes. They've been around since I want to say the eighties. There was a board game that came out for them, and I got invited to a party, a guar party, which I was actually relieved to find out they weren't actually playing at the party because I wasn't. While it would have been an experience that I never had had before, I also knew that they would have been really loud and yeah, and yeah. But the party was still quite loud, so all of us old people were there for like maybe an hour, and so we were like, hey. Let's go somewhere where we can actually talk and hear ourselves think. <laughs> and so it was 11 o'clock at night, and we went and ate dinner at the Ram, because most of us had not had a food all day. Oh, gosh. And we walked right in, no line, sat right down, had a group of, like, eight people, and it was no problem. Awesome. So I'm going to, from now on, just eat dinner at 11 o'clock at night if I want to go to the Ram. Yeah. Yeah, why not? That was... Yeah, basically, I, I tried a new place this year called uh, Granite City Grill, and it's right there by by or in the Circle City Circle Center Mall. Okay. And it was it was really good. There were a few problems, but I think it was just like they weren't ready for the crowds or something. There'd been like some management changes, but overall the food was really good. And I'm definitely gonna go back another year. Good. They 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 go into the whole Gen Con theme by. A hundred percent. They change their menu names and their drink names. And I like that. Me too. I think it's fun when, when they do that. It really shows the how much they're like embracing um, Gen Con yeah. and the people that come. It makes you feel very welcomed. Yes. There was a burger place that I thought was new because I don't remember it, but I could be completely wrong. I believe it was called the Burger Joint, something like that. But they had a Stranger Things burger. That was had Eggo waffles for buns. Oh, that's um, amazing. And had peanut butter on it also. Okay. Um, I didn't have it, but I heard good things about it. I heard a lot of people saying that it was really good. I would have tried it. Um, so I think maybe next year, yeah, I'll see if the, that burger place is still around. It seemed like people were getting in and out really fast, too. Oh, that's always a plus. Yeah. Especially since um, a big disappointment for many of us that are out late at night at Gen Con Steak and Shake in Indianapolis uh, downtown is no longer open 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. don't care at all. Zero you care. You don't, Jared. But no. I'm sure some people It do. was a place yes. that a lot, a lot of, of people, people would have gone. ended up at late at night, uh, at the very least for milkshakes. Mm, right. Okay. And were disappointed that they could not go there after having partaken in their alcohol drinking. Okay. Well, I guess we should finish up here with a couple of uh, Kickstarters. Kickstarters. Uh, one of these, if you want this and you're listening the day this comes out, act fast. Actually, both of them, but one of them, go right now. Just don't, don't even listen to the rest of this episode. Just stop right now and go pledge. Okay, are you back? On the thing that we haven't met. <laughs> On the thing right. that we haven't named yet. How would they do that? Uh-huh. Um, Gamelin Games makes a lot of very small games. Uh, some would call you them... You might call them tiny and epic. Someone would call them tiny and epic. Uh, they are also now redoing some of their games as ultra-tiny games. So first they did Kingdoms as ultra-tiny kingdoms. Now they're doing Galaxies, ultra-tiny epic galaxies, the universe in your pocket, it's the pretty much the same game with some typos fixed. It's it's like a second edition, but also yeah, um, 
20% size. And that, like, I guess, I think it's they're adding a couple, there's going to be an expansion in there. Yeah, the expansion's coming in it. The satellites and super weapons expansion is coming yeah. in it. Like, I, at, at, right now, uh, Galaxies is the only tiny epic game I've played, which I plan on changing okay. that. Yes. But uh, I really yes, liked it. Yes, I think it. you'd like mechs. So, yes, I've been told that. I really liked the Galaxies one that I played, and I love tiny things. So mm-hmm. when I saw the ultra tiny epic galaxies, I was like, oh, I want this. Yeah, this is so, a whole full size game that comes in a, a standard deck size tuck box. It's adorable. We'll have a link to that. Um, check it out. It has from the time that this recording goes up just a couple days left. So go fast. Yes. If you are a longtime listener, you also know that John D and I will we'll pretty much buy any Red Raven game. Yep. I even bought a Red Raven Games shirt this year. Mm-hmm. I wanted one. I didn't buy it, but I wanted one. They, were, they were only 15 bucks, and I'm a huge fan, and I felt like I needed to have a Red Raven Games shirt. Well, I now. wanted a Sleeping Gods shirt. Yeah, and they, Sleeping they Gods. Those as well. New game. On Kickstarter right now. Yes. Wandering Sea, the gods have brought you here, and you must wake them if you wish to return home. In Sleeping Gods and its expansion, Tides of Ruin, you and up to three friends become captive. Who cares of the story? I mean, the story is... When you buy the game, you can read the story. But essentially, it's one of those storybook games that he he does. But this one, you are sailing an ocean and finding different islands. And every single page of the book is a different part of the planet that you have sailed to, like Waterworld style. It's a steamship game, the Manticore. You have to survive, explore mysterious islands, meet new characters, and find totems to the gods to return home. Um, This is a... 20 hour long campaign game yeah just go back it because it's red raven games and all of their stuff is awesome and yeah. man it looked pretty yeah um, it's beautiful so and their components pretty. are always great yes and we were told that things that you do in this game matter like if yes. if a village is in trouble and you choose not to help it later in the campaign you might come across that village and be like oh the village is gone because we didn't help this villager and now they hate us Right. Uh oh. Um, we were also told that you can open it to any page and start your campaign there. Yep. So you don't have to start from page one. Because you entered the world through a strange portal or something behind right. Burger King. So it can literally be different every every single time. So yeah. many of you might know that I at this point have not been able to get convinced to jump on the campaign game bandwagon. Yep. Yep. You're wrong though, because oh, so uh, now I understand your hesitancy to buy a full priced game right. to destroy it. Which it's a lot not, of the legacy games are. It's not just that for me. It's the long commitment for me. Right. Because right. there's too many games out there I want to play, and I don't want to make a commitment for something like that. Uh, but this this is uh, definitely a mind changer for me. I definitely am open because it's because it's a Ryan Lockett, Red Raven Games right. game. Well, we will have links to both of those. Um, all right. Well, uh, Johnny, do you have any final thoughts about... Gen Con and your upcoming surgery? Uh, I do not. You don't have to talk about your surgery. If I, I, I do not. keep bringing it up as a joke, but you're not getting your legs cut <laughs> no, off. No, I'm not getting my legs cut off. Um, no. I really don't, other than I get that not everybody that's listening gets to go to Gen Con. And I think part of the reason that we did the preview and our little uh, our episode today is so that even if you didn't get to go, you get a little piece of Gen Con. And mm-hmm. for some people, no, you, I know you don't have any desire to go to Gen Con. It's overwhelming. It's huge. You know, this is our way of sharing what we love about Gen Con with you. Hope you like it. Yeah. And you can still play some of these games. Just yeah. 
months later after they finally hit your local stores. Maybe watch some videos that maybe we'll finally start doing. Yes. All right, Kat, what do you, you you got final thoughts? Anything you want to plug? Um, not really final thoughts, anything I want to plug. Um, I do want to say kind of jumping along with John D, um, that this is my third time going to Gen Con. Um, and I absolutely love it. And I was very scared the first time because I was told how big it was and how much there was to do. And I'm not a super big crowd person. Um, but I, everyone was really nice and everyone really wants to talk to you about their games. So you never feel like you're kind of bothering them. Um, well, I sometimes. I love Sometimes it. you walk up to a booth and you're looking at a game and they... Keep talking to themselves and then... Yeah, and then you walk away. I walk away because <laughs> I don't think that's how you sell a game. But um, I would say that's, I don't know, 5% that was one of my experience. Ever. Yeah, one booth out of like 500. So, um, yeah, I, I do... If you can go to Gen Con, I recommend it. Um, and look out for more videos from each and dice because I would like to do more videos. And yep. she's our executive producer, so what she says goes. That's true. Ha-ha. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, well, I guess I guess that'll do it. Uh, that'll do it for us. Do you want to do the outro, Cat? You've never got. You've never done it. Uh, no. Okay, you don't have to. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time. Until next time, Cat. You can eat shit and dice. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Chit and Dice is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license, attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0, international.